At Gates, we are passionate about the Word of God. We hope the message you are about to listen to empowers you today. What a great day. Father's Day is a great day. So, I'm just going to tell you, I, I, I am going to read a lot of Scripture today, but I'm going to do a lot of meddling today. So, uh, I'm going to do some talking and meddling, um, but good meddling, all right? But I just, I, I just, I, I, I literally feel like I could just close my iPad and talk for about three hours, because this is a great subject. Today we're talking about fathers. But you know, <clears throat> with all the holidays that there are in the world we live in, you know, all the holidays that we have, with everybody that comes to a service where there's holidays, um, it can, you know, some of the holidays can be depressing to people. Um, you can say, well, you know, I'm not a father today, or I didn't, do, I didn't do good for my kids, and you feel like a loser where being a father and all these, there's all types of things that can, can come against people. Everybody thinks, oh, it's Father's Day, it's great, or it's Mother's Day, or it's this day, or it's Christmas, or whatever. But there's a lot of different attachments that people have in their soul to things that we celebrate in this country. And, um, you know, I, I can say I used to be probably like a Scrooge where Christmas was concerned and had a lot to do with my upbringing. Um, I did, I, you know, I, I didn't, you know, I, I always had this thing, you know, well, why do you have to just buy gifts for people on, on Christmas, you know? I mean, why not? You know, until I got the revelation that I was celebrating the birth of Jesus. It was Jesus' birthday. And celebrating what his birth represents, what his life represents. And when I got that revelation of it, you, you can give gifts all year long. You can give somebody a gift every single day, 365 days a year, right? So you can't use that as an excuse why I don't give gifts on Christmas like I did. But I had an attachment to that. I had, a, I had a, an attitude towards Christmas. And sometimes people can have attitudes toward certain holidays, and like Father's Day today, people can have an attitude attached to that. So we're going to meddle a little bit and talk about a bunch of different ways to look at being a father. So I'm going to tell you this first today. I'm good. Thank you. Um, I can tell you today, first and foremost, and I'm going to explain this after I say it because some of you might seem kind of strange. But first, for me, my responsibility is to be a father to my wife. Well, I thought you were supposed to be a husband. No. As she mentioned earlier, she had a great father, a lot better than I am, that I've been. He was a loving, unselfish man that 
gave of himself to everybody, to his wife and to his family and daughters, and, and had, a, had a passion of love and unselfishness. And, and you could just be around him, and he knew that. He loved my children. Man, loved my children deeply, dearly. And um, so I'm not my wife's father, but I've been called to be a father to her. We'll get to that later. I wear a hat to be a father to my children, my daughters. They're all grown women now. And you think, well, you know, you're, you don't need to be a father. No, you're, the, the moment that they are conceived, you will be a father till you're gone. Your hat changes, your responsibilities, the way you treat them, that all changes. But, but the fathering thing never stops. It just matures and develops and, become, and, and, and it begins to come out of you in a different way. So I wear that hat. Some people like to mix it all together and, well, you know, we're just everybody's family. No, no, that's not right. But then I wear a hat and I'm family to everybody. I mean, I'm, I'm a father to everybody else that I'm around. I look for father opportunities everywhere. Um, I was... I was sitting in my lounger last night at 10 o'clock and uh, I got this text. And this text came from a spiritual son of mine in the, in the valley, in the, lives in the valley that I knew when we lived in the valley for eight years, nine years or whatever it was. And um, He said this to me. He sent this text. Hi, Bert. Just letting you know that I love you. And I think about you all the time. I owe you my life. Happy Father's Day. That's one of my children. But ultimately, he's God's child. My children, my, my blood daughters are God's children. My wife is God's child. And yet, and yet, he's called each and every one of us to be fathers, whether you're married today or not, He's called you to father people in your life. And there's no day like the present to practice that. And around here, you know, it's, it's good. You can talk about Father's Day and all that kind of stuff, but, but if you don't leave here with something to apply to your life to be a better father then what? I'm not just here today to include everybody, even if you're not a father, but everybody has a father's heart. 
If you're born again, then you have a heart that's connected to the Father, so you have a Father's heart. And the opportunities that you get, like what I just read you, he sent me a passage of Scripture in Romans chapter 10, and it says this, How then will they call on Him in whom they've not believed? And how are they to believe in Him of whom they have not never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? It's one, one translation. How are they to hear without someone preaching? That person that sent me that, I spent a lot of years and a lot of time with him and have spent a lot of time through the years living here ministering to him and helping him through deep addictions and things in his life. But I'm his spiritual father <laughs> because I cared. I got this definition today. I, I, I put this together. I, I have to put definitions together. I'm not trying to find something that's not there. I'm trying to find something that, that goes with what is in my heart, and, and this is what I found. Fathering is to accept responsibility for someone. That's fathering. And like I said, I've accepted responsibility. It's taken me a long time in my life, I had to get rid of a lot of other screwy ideas and had to learn how to take responsibility for my wife. There's other verses of Scripture that tell me as a husband how to treat my wife. But first and foremost, my wife needs from me to have the heart of the Father and treat her that way. Not waiting for her to do everything for me but for me to treat her the way Father would. And I can say, knowing her earthly father, the way her earthly father would. You have big shoes to step into when a daughter had a great earthly father who was in her life and treated her like royalty. Big shoes to follow. But with me... I want that challenge. I want to take the responsibility to be that person and take the next step and, and go higher with it. Why, why, why would I want to be like, like you know, some of the ways I was treated? Because of the lack that my earthly father had. I love my father. He's alive at 89 and, 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 and dealing with some memory stuff and memory loss and those kind of things. He's battling with that. We're, we're battling with him over that. So at the moment, there's not a lot that he remembers about things, you know, so there's not much relationship involved. But, but in my growing up, he, he didn't know how to do that, you know. He, he worked all the time. He was consumed with, with you know, making sure everything worked right, and, and he was consumed with all of that. And, and I always felt, from my earthly father, I, he, he and I have talked about it, so it, you know, I'm, not, I'm not throwing him under the bus in any way. He did the best that he knew how to do. And you have to realize that about your parents, they weren't perfect, and they only did what they knew. But I always felt like from my earthly father that, that I was in the way, that he didn't have time for me. 
that, that I was kind of a bother. And I, and I had that and I carried that for a long, long time, for many years. And I had to get rid of that so that I didn't put that, I didn't put those kind of things, and I did, on my wife or my own children. And then pastoring or fathering other people that way. Because it really doesn't matter as a husband and a father, it really doesn't matter how successful I am in other people's lives. I can get a text like that from somebody that's a spiritual son and he's giving me credit and all that kind of thing. But if my wife and my children don't feel that for me, not a lot of credit. Mm -mm. Not a lot of credit. So we have to work on it. If by the time my oldest daughter Amanda was 10 or 12 years old, if, if that would have been all there was of my fathering, she'd have had a lot of mental issues or, or things that she would have had to deal with because I didn't know how to be a father. My father didn't know how to father me, to help me to understand how to really be a man. I had to get that from spiritual fathers. You see, I'm touching a lot of different areas in a lot of different directions because every man in here today and every woman being a mother, but there's fathering that comes through women the same way. What was my definition? To accept responsibility for someone. To accept responsibility for a person's life. You can't do that for everybody. But you can do it for people that God lays on your heart. I was a... Well, I worked several jobs and businesses when I lived in the valley, but I, I bought a business from a guy. And this guy's business was... He, he had a van full of equipment, and he would travel, go to different car lots all through the Rio Grande Valley, and he would stripe them, he would put body side moldings on them, door guards, wheel well moldings, uh, back in the day, Trans Am Eagles, running boards, um, uh, the, 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 the chrome rocker panels, he did all this kind of work on cars. And uh, he left for Bible school, in Tarema in Tulsa, and he offered for us to buy the business, and I bought it. For five years, never had a slow day. In five years, I was praying for some slow days, but <clears throat> never had a slow day in five years. And, um, and during those five years is where m- my personal ministry took off, because around all those car dealerships and the people at the car dealerships, I found out a lot about car dealers and things that went on, at least in the car dealerships that I had. I had about 16 dealerships that I would go to. And in those days, the guy that sent me the text owned a car dealership down there. And uh, one day I was striping cars and I just, you know, in those days, I, I, I ministered to everybody. If you were walking, you know, you were a candidate for me. <clears throat> if you were breathing, you were a candidate. So I ministered to everybody. And uh, this guy 
he came out to tell me, because he had been raised in a denominational church, and he, he, he came out to, and gave me the, a, a stack of papers about like this, how the tongues were of the devil. So he handed them to me, and <laughs> I could still remember it today. I, I looked at him, and I, and I kind of thumbed through the papers, and I said, yeah, I know what, I know what all this is. And he goes, so, so what do you think? I said, well, I'm going to answer you with what the Scripture says. Okay, what? And I said, I'm going to say to you what Paul said. I thank God I speak in tongues more than you. <laughs> and he didn't like that. But <clears throat> that was my answer because I wasn't going to fight with him about it. I mean, and I told him. And from that point on, we started developing a relationship because I didn't rebuke him or come against him or tell him he was wrong or whatever. I just said, you know, you can believe what you want to. I believe what I do. But for some reason, he wanted to know what I believed. And I taught a Bible study in my home, and him and his wife started coming. And <laughs> one day they got baptized in the Holy Ghost, started praying with other tongues. Woo! Man, that set off a frenzy in their family because <clears throat> they didn't believe in tongues. And time went on, and we left there and came to, to Kerrville. And uh, the things that... <clears throat> were going on in his life, you know, I can say that, and, and you can say this, I know, about other people, but what people need is God. They don't need you. They need God, right? But they have to have you to get there because they don't trust Him. And, you know, the thing about this guy was that when I said I was leaving, I mean, I, I thought he kind of wanted to die that I was leaving town. And I had to stay with him for all these years. I had to stay with him and call him every once in a while. And there were times when he had gotten back on drugs and alcohol and the whole mess and sounded horrible on the phone. And, 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 and I always told him, I said, but you know I'm praying for you and I'm here for you. And so I was here, I was there for him. And what I did in, in my definition is I accepted the responsibility for his life. Well, you know, I moved to Kerrville, and I just got to let that go. No, no, he's important to God. And what he needed is what I had, and he even began to get to a place where he resisted the things that I told him. But I still had to pray for him. And then one day, he called me and repented to me for some things, that attitudes that he had had towards me. And, and you say, well, why are you, why are you telling me this? Because... I've fathered that guy all these years. I have fathered him all of these years. I took responsibility for his life. God, God put me in a place, and I took responsibility, and he's one of hundreds that received those kind of things from me because when I worked in those car dealerships, I started teaching Bible studies in those car dealerships. This guy invited me to come, and he made all of his people come and sit and listen to me. I worked in shorts and a t-shirt. And if you're going to work at his dealership, you're going to listen to me. So once a week on a Thursday evening, about 7 o'clock, <laughs> he would make those guys come and listen to me for 30 minutes about the Word. And it created more of an opportunity and a platform because of the Word. 
because people were hearing things from me that they'd never heard before. And you know, you know how eloquent that I am today, right? Well, I was a whole lot less eloquent (laughs) back then than I am today. So many people, when they first started listening to me, they didn't probably didn't take me real serious. Why? What what does he know? What Bible school have you been to? The school of hard knocks. Well, why never heard of that? But along the way, all of these people that I fathered and that I still father today, many of them, I got, I got a text two weeks ago from one of my spiritual sons. I get them all the time. But none of that matters if I haven't learned how to father my wife and be a father to my children, my daughters. And I'm still learning how to be that. Like I said earlier, you can sit there and say, well, you know, I haven't done this right. Okay, so today's the day to start. So, Pastor, you mean uh, my my son that's married already, and I realize I sowed a lot of bad things in his life and didn't give him what he needed. You mean I, I can be a father? Absolutely you can. You'll be a father till you leave here. As long as you're alive and they're alive, you'll be a father. And you can learn how to do that. I'm not talking about stepping in and controlling their whole life or whatever. No, I'm talking about taking responsibility for their lives. I can see, everybody in here can, I can see things maybe that are not totally right in some of my daughters, that they don't do exactly right. I can see where they got that from right? So I want to be a better father today and help them. If, if there's something they need to overcome, I want to help them overcome that, but in a real subtle way, however God would show me to do that. Because I'll always be a father. One day I'll be a grandfather. But I'll always be a father to my daughters. I'll always be a father figure spiritual father to my wife, always. And I'm getting better at that all the time. And I'm going to show you in a minute how you do it. I'll always be a father to anybody that's connected to Gates of the City. And I'm realizing even more that my prayers for everybody that's ever been a part of this church in 34 years, I pray for every day and on purpose because they need somebody that cares speaking something into their life. Anybody that's ever been a part of this church, and I, I know it's well over eight or 10,000 people that have come through this church in 34 years. Pray for them every day. And it's usually weekly. I hear some kind of report from somebody because people keep you abreast of things that are going on in people's lives. I hear all the time. confirmation from God of why I pray for everybody. Because I'm a father, and I have a father's heart, and I've taken responsibility for people's lives. I've taken responsibility from the father to impart into them, and God wants you to do the same thing. He wants you to live your life 
learning from Him and understanding how you do that with people in your life. You can't do it with everybody, but there's certain people that come across your path. And the worst thing you can ever do is tell them that's what you're doing. People run from you really quick if you, you start telling somebody you're doing that. You just do it. Just take, take responsibility for a person's life. I, I, I mean, there's probably not a, not a month that goes by that I'm not taking responsibility for someone else's life. I have a list now of about 17, 18, I think maybe 19 different people on the street that God led me to being aware of people on the street in the last couple of years, not everybody, but the ones that He's told me to, and told me to give them money and bless them, but tell them from today on, I want your name because I'm praying for you. I'm taking responsibility for their lives. But remember, I can do that if I'm taking responsibility for the ones that are most important. So follow with me just in a couple of scriptures. <clears throat> I told you I was going to meddle a lot. But I want all of you fathers today that are fathers of children that you've helped to birth and bring into this world, everybody that's a father, I want you to embrace this. But I want everybody to embrace the things that I'm saying today because I don't want you to... If you're not a father, I don't want you to be bored with this holiday or not like it or mad because you're not a father. or Maybe, you know, whatever, whatever emotion you would have, I want you to see today that if you're born again and you're a male figure in here, then you're a father because you, fa- you have the father's heart. You have the heart that comes from the father to take responsibility for people's lives. Romans 14, 19 in the Passion, we've been reading this for many weeks. So then make it your top priority to live a life of peace with harmony in your relationships, eagerly seeking to strengthen and encourage one another. Eagerly seeking to strengthen and encourage one another. I mean, I don't know how much more plain that that can be. I mean, that, that is... Plain and simple and direct. You and I need to spend our time strengthening and encouraging other people. The people that you've chosen to take responsibility for. And you know, taking responsibility for some, somebody in most cases is not taking responsibility for their natural needs. Not all cases, but in most cases. First and foremost, You take responsibility for their spiritual needs. You pray for them. That's what I'm talking about. God will lead you if you're supposed to help them in the natural, do something for them. That's another thing. But first and foremost, it's the spiritual needs. Like I said about my wife, first and foremost, I'm to father her as a spiritual child of mine because of my role and who I am in her life. I have the anointing to father. Everybody needs spiritual fathers. Why not me be a spiritual father to my wife? I see it very clearly that that's what we're to do. Not to hover and control and try to manipulate her life, but to pray for her and speak over her 
and think of the, how things that she needs in life that are more important than mine or anybody else's. First and foremost, that's my responsibility. And if I'm practicing that and I'm getting good at that, I'll be better at everybody else's relationship. Every other one. Ephesians 6 and 4. And this is in the message translation. Fathers, don't exasperate your children by coming down hard on them. Take them by the hand and lead them in the way of the Master. Ephesians 6 is all about the different roles of children and parents and those kind of things, but but then it says this in the fourth verse. Fathers, don't exasperate your children. Don't be hard on your children. Don't get frustrated with your children. And see, if I'm practicing that on my wife, I'll be better at that with my children. So, I'm going to make a real bold statement that some of you might not like, but I'm just going to make it anyway. And I think you can apply this in every other area of your life. As a husband, I'm talking to the husbands first, as a husband that has children, if you're not doing what I'm talking about with your wife, you're not going to be a real productive father. If you're not fathering your wife the way I'm explaining it today, you're not going to be you're not going to be a real productive father. Because there's all all different Everybody in here has different ideas and views about what fathers should do and how they should act or whatever. But some people's mentality of a father almost sounds like a mother. And I don't get that from from the Bible. I've been learning more and more about the roles of fathers and mothers as I've spent the last over a year and a half reading a proverb every day. In the book of Proverbs, it outlines real clearly fathers' roles and mothers' roles and who they are and their personalities and how they're to live and act and operate. Very clear in the book of Proverbs. But many people's ideas of a father, a lot of time, are off. But when you learn how to be a father to your wife, I'm talking about a husband to a wife, when you learn how to develop that and what that really looks like based on the way I'm explaining it, you can't misunderstand. People can misunderstand that in a, in, a, in, a, in a strange way also. But the more you learn how to do that, the more effective you'll be as a father to your children. And the more effective that you are as a father to your children will be you leading them in the way of the master not exasperating or being hard on them or being frustrated with them. Every father in here has been frustrated with their children and lashed out at them. Every father and mother, right? We've all done that. But who wants to stay that way? I don't want to be a person with a short fuse, always losing my temper and getting mad because of what someone else does. I say this a lot around here. I've got this from somewhere years and years ago. But how, how 
I treat people as a reflection of me. How, no, no. How people treat me is a reflection of them. How I respond to them is a reflection of me. And, and, and it's a reflection of how much developed word or understanding of God is going on in my life. God wants real fathers that have children in this life not to live their lives exasperating the children, frustrating the children, but leading them by example in that way. I didn't have a father that, that led me that way. He had good qualities about his life that I saw that have held me, but he didn't know how to lead me. He didn't know my, my earthly father, and we've talked about this, so like I said, I'm not throwing him under the bus at all. I'm just using this as an example. He didn't know how to bring an approval to me as a son. And when a father doesn't approve a son, then the son grows up into a big boy's body, but he's still like the son that wasn't good enough. Always felt like he was in the way, never accomplishing anything. And a father has a responsibility to bring that assurance, that approval to the son, so that the son can rise up and be who God made them to be. The problem, the difficulty with this kind of teaching is that somebody can hear things like that and then have an attitude toward their dad because their dad didn't do that for them. You can't do it. You can't be the victim. We have a heavenly father that will teach you and help you. If I can do it, you can do it. If I can learn and God send me spiritual fathers that help me get what my earthly father couldn't give me, then same with you. But God's called you to be spiritual father to help those that didn't get it from their earthly father in the exact same way. That's why we have to get it. So he said here, true fathers are meant to lead their children. But if you're not practicing this father's heart in your life, you won't be that to your children, and they'll be frustrated. In the New Living Translation of that verse, it says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them up with the discipline and the instruction that comes from the Lord. The discipline and the instruction that comes only from the Lord. In Colossians 3, 18, and I'm reading this out of the New Living also, I want you to look at these three parts to what this passage of Scripture is saying, and we'll look at the, at the father part of it. It says, wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting for those who belong to the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and never treat them harshly. Children, always obey your parents for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not aggravate your children, or they will become discouraged. So we have a whole planet of discouraged children because of what? The lack of the fathers. You know how much that the industry, that the, the, the movie industry and the t television industry has, has, I mean, thrown fathers under the bus. They're a bunch of weaklings and they're stupid and they, 
you know, never say the right thing and don't know how to do any of the things that the Bible says that a father was created to do. Listen, you've got all the goods inside of you to be the father and, and have the fathering abilities that God put inside of you. You just have to have them developed. You have to be practicing them. You needed somebody today to tell you you need to be fathering your wife. You needed to hear that. And now you need the Holy Spirit to show you how to do that. You needed somebody to tell you today that one of the reasons that you're struggling in in dealing with your children or they haven't grown up and done the things that you wanted to see them do is because you're not doing that with your wife. You needed to hear somebody say that and, and then just work it out. Not be under condemnation because I've already told you all the mistakes I've made. I've already told you how I didn't. I'm telling you now you can come through it, get on the other side, and begin to lead in a way and father in a way that will make a difference in your wife's life, in your children's life, and everybody else's life. Can you say amen to that? <clears throat> Ephesians 5 and 28. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. That's how you father your wife. You love her the way you love yourself. One of the reasons so many men can't love their wives is because they don't love themselves. I'm not talking about in a selfish, prideful way. I'm talking about loving who God made you to be and being comfortable in your own skin, who you are, what you do, and how you act and react in life. But you, you know who you are because of God inside of you. And he said, <clears throat> husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself, for no one ever hated his own flesh but nourishes and cherishes it, watch this, just as the Lord does the church. So, I've got a calling on my life to first and foremost treat my wife, father my wife, nourish my wife the way that Jesus does the church. Not how I think it should be done, how He thinks it should be done how He's already done it, and that's the way He treats you. Many people don't know that Jesus is nourishing you and cherishing you. Because in this passage, He ends it with saying, this is a great mystery, the thing with husband and wife, but that's not even what I'm talking about. I'm talking about Jesus in the church. So the more I learn from Jesus, who is directing me to the Father, The more I learn the heart of the Father, then I learn how to father and take responsibility for other people's lives. Most people's main problem in their life is they're too focused on themselves. You're a bad God of you. You're a bad leader of you. You need Him leading you with you because when He's leading you, you're going to cherish other people. You're going to think about other people. Your focus is going to be about other people because that's what his focus is. And he needs you to be focusing on that. He needs me to father my wife. 
He needs me to be, first and foremost, to her and to my daughters. He needs me to be a father to them so that I can be an effective father or have a, be a spiritual father and, and good at fathering everybody else that I'm around that God's put in my life. I'm here to father every one of you in this place. And I see, I see that very clearly in the Word. I'm not trying to draw, pull something out of the hat. I'm saying that's what God's called me to do. But the only way that what I'm giving you today is any good is if He gave it to me. Not me dreaming something up and thinking what you need. <clears throat> Some of you sitting in here today thinking, why am I hearing this? Talk to the hand of God. But we need to hear it. You're not going to hear this anywhere else. I mean, I mean I'm, I'm talking outside the church world. You're not going to hear this. Huh. This is challenging you to learn about the heart that you already have and how to get it out of you and in and on to other people. First and foremost, as husbands with your wives. Can you say amen to that? <clears throat> Everybody can sit here right now and think <clears throat> of things, you know, every, every husband and father sitting here can think of things that aren't right with your wife or your children that are the result of your lack. And if you're honest, you'll admit it. Well, no, Pastor, if she wouldn't, no, no, that, 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 that's where your problem is. You've got to see what your part is and what you didn't do. And so, that's how, that's, no, that's more than half the battle. That's about 75% of the whole battle is just admitting that you need to make some changes. And, and the graciousness of God and the mercy of God, it never matters when that is. Like from today on, hearing this word today, from today on, if you take a couple of things from this and you're challenged to make a change and make a difference, you spend the rest of your life developing how to do that. And you'll get better and better and better at it. And all along, you'll be taking other people and you'll get texts at 10 o'clock at night from people that say, you know what, you saved my life. Where would I be today without you? You saved me. That didn't happen to, because, because I'm a pastor. He's talking about most of it he's talking about before I was a pastor. Because I was already in the ministry. I was ministering to people and, and taking care and responsibility for a person's life, realizing that person needs some skin that believes in the Father. Everybody believes there's a God. Everybody does in one form or another. You say, well, you know, these, the, uh, this person's a, a, an atheist. No, they're believing that there's no God, so they're believing in something. But everybody really believes that stuff didn't just happen one day. When you get right down to it, everybody believes there's a God of some kind. Not necessarily the God of the Bible, but something. Maybe the God of a pine tree. I don't know, but somebody, everybody believes in something, in, the form, in some form of God of, in, in one way or another. But I'm telling you today, every person in here, but especially every man, and especially every husband and father today in the house. You've been called to get better 
at who you are and get better with the Father's heart in learning how to father human beings on planet Earth. Can you say amen to that? And this is how Jesus did it. This is how he did it. So why would I do it any other way? Then Jesus answered them. This is John 5 and verse 19. I want to read these last three verses out of the book of John. Then Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself but what he sees the Father do. For whatever he does, the Son also does in like manner. Children do what they see their parents do. So, we need to be an example for them. And that example must be the same example that Jesus gave right there. I'm not going to do things my way. I'm going to learn to do things Father's way. Jesus Jesus spent 30 years preparing himself to do everything he did on planet Earth the way Father did it. So people need to be, you remember when the Apostle Paul said, the things that you see in me, that you see in me that are of God, do those things and the God of peace will be with you. You and I need to be able to say the exact same thing. So that means we have to live the rest of our life developing that. Not focusing on, not, not, you know, you have to admit to your mistakes, but you can't focus on your mistakes and stay there. You've got to press out of it and past it. And I'm saying today, learning to operate in a father's heart for the good of other people and not what people can do for you, what you can do for them. You're doing something good for somebody because you know they'll do something for you. No, wrong motive. I'm just telling you, I've done it all. I've done things like that. I've, you, know, you know, God's had to stop me and say, well, you know, what's your motive in this? No, no, it's just first and foremost helping other people. And I didn't say we give everybody everything. And do, I'm talking about first and foremost praying for people, being willing to do that, laying your life down and saying, you know what, I'm praying for you. It's a life changer. John 6, 38, Jesus said, For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And John, 6, 30, uh, John 8, 28, Then Jesus said to them, When you lift up the Son of Man, he was telling this before he, he was leaving, but when you lift up the Son of Man, then you'll know that I am he. And that I do nothing of myself, but as my Father taught me, I speak these things. Because see, they were accusing him of of doing things and saying that he was God. Saying that he came from God, that he was the Messiah, the Savior of the world. They they criticized him, and, and so he's saying to them here, When you lift up the Son of Man, then you'll know I'm Him. And I came here to be Him, and the way I'm Him is that I do nothing of myself, but as my Father has taught me. The way you learn how to father, the way I've been describing it today, I'm talking about 
my priorities first and foremost with my wife, then with my natural children, and then everybody else. And to be effective at those, I have to be taught by Him. Jesus didn't act that way and do that and live that way in in this life. He He didn't operate that way because He was the Son of God. He came here to become the Son of Man, and He was taught by God for 30 years to know how to do these things. Things I'm telling you today is the way Jesus operated in the earth. He fathered everybody he came in contact with. His 12, his original 12, the, the original 12, and then the 82, and then, you know, the 500 and beyond and beyond, however many that there were before he left planet earth. He fathered all of those people. Well, how can one person father that many people? Because of the word. Because he cared more about them and to speak the truth than he cared about himself. That's what we have to learn to be. Jesus established a relationship on the earth with his Father so that you and I could have one the same way. Jesus established a relationship in earth in a physical flesh and blood body with Heavenly Father, and set the tone for you and I to be able to do the same thing, so that when now when I operate in the earth in my relationships with other people, I'm fathering. So man and woman alike here, there are fathering qualities that are already in the, on the inside of you, and God wants those to come out from you in every relationship that you have. And the relationships that are top priority, you have to look at those first. Other, other people, if you're not married today, then, you're, then top priority wouldn't be to your wife or husband, but it'd be for other people. But what it's setting you up for is when you do marry, that you'll be able to be that to, for your spouse. Every earthly father today in the house, my prayer for you from today on is that you learn in a greater way how to father the people closest to you in your life, the ones that are most important, and how to be open in your life to father and take responsibility for people that come across your path. The people that from the street in a probably, I don't know, maybe eight or ten different cities that I have their names written down, that I'm praying for them every day, I'm fathering them. I've taken responsibility for their life. You know, the Bible says that the words that I speak, the words that I speak every day over their lives, I don't need, I, I've met them one time, probably will never see them again on this, on this side, but I believe that those words will not return void but accomplish great things in their lives. You know what I'm believing for all those street people? That I got their name. I got their first names. Every one of them, when I said, what's your name? They looked at me like, what are you asking me that for? And then I told him. And one of the guys, when I told him that, he was, he was different. He was different than all the other 17 or 18 that I ministered to. And tears just started coming down his face. He never asked me for a dime. Never asked me for a dime. 
And when I told him I was going to pray for him, he left. He could, couldn't handle it. He started weeping. Man, his name is Luke. I'll never forget him. Pray for him every day. Believe God for transformation in that guy's life. I'm believing that when I get to heaven, I will see that something supernatural happened in that guy's life because I took the responsibility of fathering that guy from a distance. All different kinds of ways to do that. What you're doing is allowing the heart of the Father to come through you to other people. That's what this whole thing is about. Don't lose sight of the people that are closest to you, that are most important, but don't lose sight of the rest of the world that God's leading you to. I'm telling you, it's been a joy to teach this long series that we've done on relationships. I'd encourage you to go back and listen to the, the teachings and, and the scriptures and meditate on it and make it a part of your life to make sure that relationships that you have in life, especially the ones that are not real strong today, that you work on those, but you work on them with the Father's heart. He's got all the goods, got all the answers. He, he's got every answer to every situation you'll ever face. And if you'll learn to draw from Him and then implement those things, it's a life changer. Not only for you, but everybody around you. Gosh, what a joy to be alive and to have revelation from God. Something more valuable in life than possessions, and that is the revelation of God's Word. It's more valuable than anything else because it'll produce everything else you need. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, we invite you to share it with someone in your life. We would love for you to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. You can also download our app and stay connected to Gates and access to the Word of God anytime you need it. We are believing that the seed of today's word is going deep in your heart and that you always remember God is more than enough in every situation of your life.